I've never worked as hard in my entire life as I have since I started doing barbecue. But I've never been more rewarded spiritually and personally as I have since I started doing barbecue. And I mean that honestly. Seeing the looks on people's faces when they eat our food, seeing our employees and how you know blessed they are whenever they see the looks on people's faces, there's a gratification that you don't get in other industries. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get. Where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer, tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with... Brandon Hurtado from Hurtado Barbecue. And if you're not familiar with uh, Hurtado Barbecue, and you probably haven't been paying much attention to the DFWC in the last couple of years because it's uh, been a pretty pretty meteoric rise from, from starting out to where you are now. And some people may or may not know everything about how you got here. So let's start kind of at the beginning. And what are what are some of your early memories of barbecue or what really kind of sparked this? Was it growing up or did something change as you got older? I've always had a passion for cooking. I mean, I've, I've always kind of found myself in the kitchen, um, whether it be with my mom or cooking with my dad out on the grill or on the smoker when I was a little kid. My dad worked for the city of Irving for 30 plus years and somehow he always got tasked with smoking a brisket for their Christmas party. So um, I remember being out there, you know, whenever I was a little kid, seeing him cook on an old nasty offset pit that, you know, I thought was the greatest barbecue in the world. And that was kind of, uh, I feel like what was in my DNA as far as barbecue is concerned. And, um, and interesting that it was an offset even back then. It was. That, it's really kind of been a, a bigger, more recent arrival to the scene. I mean, the yep. old brick pits and and direct heat and then, you know, I, I don't know really, other than obviously Franklin, but when offsets really started to get popularized. Oh uh, yeah, well I mean obviously from a commercial standpoint, the 80s and 90s saw the automation of gas-fired pits yeah. and rotisseries, but, but yeah, it was kind of cool that you did have the early experience of seeing your dad cook on the offset. Yeah, so growing up in the 90s, you know, he, he had a, just a old school pit and I cooked on it literally he still has it in his backyard so it's been around for a long time it's it's lasted a while and that that kind of i feel like ingrained the whole concept of what barbecue is to me but not in the sense of what we do now at hurtado barbecue so we've kind of taken that dna and transformed it into something new and what's more relevant to where we're at and the time that we're at in 2020 so um you know, really, my dad and my mom inspired me with their just passion for food, uh, even my grandparents. I mean, every time I'd go to my grandpa's house, he was making some kind of salsa or, you know, cooking something, making cabrito or something in the backyard. And uh, I just grew up around food. I mean, it's a part of who I am. But coincidentally, no one in my family has ever had a background in working in a restaurant even so much as being a server. I think my mom worked at Taco Bell when she was in high school, but I, I for sure never worked in a restaurant as much as being a busser or a server. So a lot of what we do right now is very new to me and it's a, it's a huge learning experience. What made you decide to, to get into the restaurant business? That's a great question. I never intended to get into the restaurant business or open a restaurant or even do a pop-up. I mean, that never crossed my mind. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. 
I just enjoy cooking and um, back in January of 2018, 2017, I, I joined a group on Facebook called North Texas Barbecue Addicts and that, you know, I, I saw like people posting pictures on Facebook and all these guys cooking all the time and I was like, man, I, I need to cook more. I need to get out and put my stuff on, on social media more. And me being a social media guy and having a background in that professionally, I take really good pictures and you know I would stage a lot of my photos and make sure that the lighting was really good. So I, I was getting more likes and things like that on my pictures in NTBA. And uh, from there I was like, man, I need a better smoker because the one that I'm cooking on just isn't working. So my parents, they moved out to Brownwood, Texas and they, they bought a ranch out there a couple years ago. And uh, I was on Facebook Marketplace one day going down to the ranch and saw this trailer smoker. It was a 250-gallon offset pit. I was like, man, that's a pretty good deal on a, on a smoker. So I went out and made a deal with the guy and bought it on my birthday. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to cook so much more barbecue now. Had a freaking blowout right as I got to the oh, ranch. Gosh. And ruined the rims on the trailer and had to get the whole thing like basically redone. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up learning how to cook mediocre barbecue on that. And we actually did our first pop-up at Division Brewing with that smoker. So it, it was kind of a gateway into the whole barbecue world for me. But it was just kind of a one thing led to another type scenario where an idea that we had about a passion that I had turned into something more realistic. So as you started down the you know the, the rabbit hole that's led you to where you are now, the first pop-ups, what were those menus like for you? Was it a, was it a pretty small basic menu? Because you do some really creative stuff right now with your menus. Or was that from day one, or did you kind of progress into that? I feel like every day that goes by, we find more and more about who we are as a brand, as a restaurant, um, as individuals. And it started with us doing tacos. We did barbecue tacos, pulled pork, brisket tacos, and I marketed the hell out of that first pop-up that we had. And it was a crazy event. I mean, we sold out in like two or three hours. I mean, we made quite a bit of food and it was all gone really quickly. I didn't know what to expect. And from that point on, we did another one at Division Brewing. We did another one at Division Brewing. Then we transitioned into Fort Worth. We did some pop-ups at Hot Fusion. And I feel like with every pop-up that we did, we got closer and closer and closer to more Central Texas style barbecue. And then we transitioned even more into Tex-Mex slash Central Texas style barbecue. And then it became more of a transition into, okay, who is Hurtado barbecue? With really the identity of our sausages and us coming up with our own rubs and coming up with different items on our menu like smoked quail that kind of are unique to ourselves, especially here in North Texas. Kind of a West Texas, but not really at a barbecue joint joint thing. What is um, Tex-Mex barbecue to you? You mentioned Tex-Mex versus Syntex. What, what is, to you, what does that mean? I think it, it translates more into uh, the sides and in the rubs that you use. So a lot of the rubs that we use have chili powder and comino and garlic powder and it's just it's not just salt and pepper a lot of the guys that I'm friends with the cook barbecue they're using just one or two ingredients in their rubs and ours are more inspired by 
what would my grandma use to cook carne asada with? What would she use to make a guiso with? And we took a lot of those ingredients and made, you know, our own blend of pork rub and we have a beef rub that we season everything with. And that, I think it creates our own unique flavor in our meats after they've been smoked. But also like in our sides, we have uh, hatch chili mac and cheese. It's, it's just more of a, a good mesh of flavor between what people think Central Texas style barbecue is and then what people think good Mexican food is or Tex-Mex and then combining the two together. That's one of the first things when we, when, when both of us first tasted your barbecue today, it's as soon as we tasted, we're like, this isn't the rub that we eat at 20 other barbecue places, which is, which is an interesting and a fun thing, especially for the nerds like us that go out and eat so much barbecue. A lot of it becomes a little monotonous, even though, even if it's cooked really well and seasoned really well, it can kind of start to taste the same and your barbecue definitely does not taste the same. And that's, that's fun and it's, it's exciting and it keeps things interesting for the nerds. And, and it does bring a familiar sense of taste to, to people that have grown up eating Mexican food or Tex-Mex food, it does have the familiarity to it that's not just, like you said, a punch of black pepper and a bit of salt. It, you know, it gives you a little more. Um, one thing, though, and we've, most of our pop-ups are, they're not brewery-based, but they're alcohol-based. Um, and so... Not, not us drinking Well, not alcohol. us drinking. No, that comes no. later after the pop-up's Imagine over. that. But, but... That was the hardest thing was... was not, I wouldn't say hardest thing, but... It, <laughs> not drinking was the hardest thing. Yeah, not drinking was not the hardest thing. It, but it was interesting to to kind of realize like as much fun as you have cooking on the weekends or whatever when you're doing it as a business things are different and you can't you can't drink while you're cooking the brisket while you're getting ready for a, an actual business um, and so it was it was a shift too from kind of having fun and whatever happens happens right. to well, this has to be good because you have to sell it and people have to like it and people have absolutely. to pay you yeah. and yeah. things like tacos work really well when a, in a brewery in a bar setting it does work well with the hand food if you got people walking around with the beer in their hand you're not going to eat slices of brisket on a plate when you're walking around a brewery. It's a little easier. And so I think your, your marketing background and, and your, you come at things, I think, with a, with a mindset of how does this work from a branding and a marketing standpoint, which I think is really interesting. It's something that we talk about a lot on the show is we're in an age now where it's not as easy as just being, I'll cook good food and people will show up. You, know, you can cook the greatest food in the world and if no one knows about it and no one knows what it is and what the brand is, you're going to struggle and we've seen people that cook really good food struggle to to find a marketplace for it but but you guys and the, and the line you had outside before you opened the day is testament to that you guys have found a a market and a brand awareness that is that has helped push you and grow your business at a, at a pretty rapid pace that's that's really impressive i would agree with that i mean i feel like it's kind of an opportunistic thing where we kind of hit at the right place at the right time um it, it was that coupled with you know, having a good marketing background and knowing what's marketable and what's not and trying to get in front of the right people. And then also paying homage to our client base that's been there since day one and trying to get them to come back on a regular basis and put things on the menu that they're gonna enjoy. One of the things that I see with other barbecue places or even craft barbecue places is just, you know, they have excellent food, they have consistency, but consistency can also be uh, associated sometimes with monotony and it's like you're gonna get this, yeah. yeah you're gonna get the same thing all the time and I get I don't know if I have ADHD I've never been diagnosed but I I get bored with the same thing you know too too recently too much uh, you know over over a slow amount of time so I, I have to mix things up 
and that's why we make our own sausages that's why we have new items on the menu and tri-tip and barbacoa and things like that because i, I want to um, mix things up and keep people intrigued and get new customers coming in they're like oh i've never heard of that before or oh i'd love to try that and i think that's one of the the advantages that we have especially in in this area because arlington's really a underserved demographic when it comes to barbecue we have some places that have been here for a very long time 50 60 years and you know they deserve their uh, their right in terms of how long they've been here but they i feel like the customers here in arlington deserve something new and something fresh that they don't have to go to fort worth or go to dallas or go to austin for and i i think you mentioned something very important too where uh, you talked about you know changing the menu and, and being innovative and creating some new dishes but also making sure that you are catering to your original crowd and, and not distancing yourself from that yeah absolutely i mean we had a guy come today Dennis, he literally has been every weekend since we first opened up at Division Brewing. And he says that he comes because he feels like he's having a barbecue in his backyard. And he feels like he's eating with family. And he really is because he's like family to us now. But I didn't know Dennis before he started showing up. He comes every single weekend and he always tries something new on the menu. So I feel like if you're always taking care of that loyal fan base and people who are you know, who love your food, then you're going to take care of your business. And, you know, that's kind of the model that we live by. How did the, because obviously you didn't have a restaurant or cooking background and, you know, other than loving to cook at home, how did you start to learn to cook sausage and well, make sausage? You know, I, I first learned how to make sausage from uh, Dane, from Dane's Craft Barbecue. Make some excellent sausage, yeah. Yep. And, and from Trevor from yeah, Bricks Barbecue. Uh, we actually went to Trevor's apartment or his house up in Fort Worth and, they were like, hey, if you want to learn how to make sausage, come over and we have a crash. I think there's a movie like that that (laughs) somewhere that you don't want to talk about. So it was a big sausage party with three bros. And And the pizza got delivered in the middle of it. It did. Pizza got delivered and everyone left happy. So they, you know, they just showed me, though, okay, what kind of sausage do you want to make? And I was like, poblano cheddar. So they were like, okay, you need X amount of pounds of poblanos and you need X amount of pounds of cheddar let's make 50 pounds of sausage you can take it home and smoke it so that was literally my crash course in sausage making and then i went home and i bought all the ingredients from a stuffer to a grinder and i had a really shitty little cabela's grinder first starting out and it took forever to grind sausage i mean it was really painful and uh once i did it though i never went back to selling commercial sausages because i couldn't I just felt like I was cheating myself and cheating my customers. Not that there's any problem with serving commercial sausage or, or selling, because there's a lot of really good sausages out there, like Syracuse. I live not that far from them, and they have a great product. But I feel like once you have the ability and the capacity to make your own, there's really no reason to turn back to selling someone else's sausage. Well, and you kind of hit the nail on the head for me is that it, it, even if the other sausage is great, it's not yours. You haven't been able to put your stamp on it. Yeah. And, and your own personality. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's something you absolutely did not have to do. You could have served a really good product that was you know, made and produced by someone else that you sure. finished in-house. But, but it does give you that, again, if you have that culinary ADHD, it gives you that outlet of, you know, let me come up with something totally new today, and it's still a familiar product to people. You know, sausage is very familiar to people in Texas that grew up eating barbecue. What's in the sausage is up to you, and how that taste is up to you. And that's 
that's one of our favorite things and why we got so far into the rabbit hole of, of making and, and smoking sausage is it does give you that blank canvas to work with. And if it doesn't work, it's not that big of a deal because you can start all over again the next day. Yeah. I will say that uh, for me, sausage is not a super forgiving art because if you do a little bit of this or a little bit of that the wrong way, once you start stuffing, you're screwed and like that you get what you get, yeah. you know. But um, Jim Lero from Lillian's Craft Barbecue, he has been there to mentor Jim's been me. really big on sausage, yeah. too. He is. Yeah. He's been making it almost since he was old enough to wanted to, to get walk. out there today. We just couldn't we just squeeze it in. We ran out of time, yeah. yeah. He, and he had five sausages all homemade on his menu today. And I went by and I tried all of them, and they were great. And you brought and, none for us. And I brought none for you guys because <laughs> I ate them all. No, but, you know, he, he understands the basics behind sausage. And Jim showed me, look... If you want your casings to turn out this way, you need to do this. If you want your grind to be better, you need to do that. You need to use a binder if you're using this. And just the little things here and there that he's shown me that you wouldn't get from a lot of barbecue guys has really helped us kind of develop our own recipes into what they are now. So today, like when we were cutting our jalapeno cheddar sausage for the first time, I was like, man, I love the texture. I love the taste. It, it came out exactly how I wanted it to. And that's a culmination of all these different experiences that we've had over the last two years into what we produce today. Yeah, and that's, sausage is something that, I mean, obviously, if you've ever listened to the show, you know, we talk about it. And it's, and, and there's a reason for it. I mean, it's... Sausage, whole hog, pork steak, and, <laughs> and now apparently bourbon. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to try not to get too far down into that. You know, as, as we sit here and drink uh, some 10-year Eagle Rare. Um, Welcome to the Bourbon Corner. Uh, yes, Tonight, yes. our this drink is... sponsored is by no Ryan's Wallet. Yes, so. but this is uh, Eagle Rare, which is the 10-year version. There is a 17-year part of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. There you go. That is very hard to get. Back to Hurtado uh, Barbecue. The whole point delicious. of this episode. <laughs> so as the business is growing, as you're expanding... When, when did you start to think, okay, maybe this is going to be more than just a pop for me. Maybe this could be a career and something that I really devote everything into. So I'll say this. I've worked in digital marketing for about 12 years. I started out working literally from the bottom uh, for a construction company, making nothing and doing you know the, the grunt work for a construction company to working in finance, to working for a marketing agency, working my way up to a VP level position, and then starting my own agency about six years ago. And the margins in marketing are so much better than they are in barbecue. <laughs> you don't say. Well, so and much and, and maybe are. you don't have to work in the heat and the cold and the rain. You and, don't. You, know, you, you don't appreciate. I, I, I think that many people that have never worked outside have no appreciation for an office and air conditioning. And and having worked in both my life, it, it's such a huge thing just to be able to say, I'm under a roof with air conditioning all yeah. the time, but um, really, never, really bad respect for people out there. I've never worked as hard in my entire life as I have since I started doing barbecue. But I've never been more rewarded spiritually and personally as I have since I started doing barbecue. And I mean that honestly seeing the looks on people's faces when they eat our food, seeing our employees and how, you know, blessed they are whenever they see the looks on people's faces. There's a gratification that you don't get in other industries in marketing. Um, the first time that I knew that I was going to do barbecue for a living was 
I, I honestly think whenever we opened our food truck at Division Brewing, our first day was March 9th, 2019. And we opened the food truck. We had probably 120 people in line wrapped around the building. And it was just, that, that was insane. Like our, our day was absolutely crazy. We cooked as much food as we could possibly hold in a warmer and on the smoker at the same time. And I knew from right then, like I had the bug, you know, I'd already spent the money to invest in a food truck. And uh, with the amount of people that came out to support us and barbecue brethren and other people that came out, you know, I, j I just knew like, this is something that I want to do long term. Not to say that I'm abandoning marketing by any means, but it, it's just something that you, you have more potential for creating a legacy and putting a thumbprint on everything that you do in barbecue. When you do marketing, you know, I could have a really successful ad campaign for a client and no one knows who the hell did it. No one knows who made this video for whoever. But whenever you eat a slice of Hurtado, Hurtado barbecue brisket, you know, it's unique to ourselves and people have come to kind of know that. And I've, I appreciate that sincerely. So that that's what makes me wake up at four in the morning and continue to do this every day. So you mentioned, um, you, you know, you talked about moving from the pop-up stage to the to the trailer stage. What's different? I mean, we've got a lot of people that we know they're in, in both. And, and as we talk about your current position moving into a brick and mortar, but to focus on kind of from pop-ups to, to trailer, what was, what was really different or how did you have to adapt to that? Well, we're probably one of the only, if not the only uh, craft barbecue restaurants that has gone from a pop-up to a trailer back to a pop-up, but we've kind of been forced to do that. So once we chose to buy a food truck and invest in that, it made life a lot easier for us from a sense of we're not having to use ice chests anymore. We don't have to worry with permitting anymore because I bought a permit for the whole year from the city of Arlington. Um, we had a warmer in there, we had a griddle, uh, we had a gas range. So our menu was able to kind of broaden a little bit more in terms of the things that we could make. However, once we had the offer to open up the restaurant here, you know, and we chose to move away from the food truck because we couldn't have it here on the property, um, we went right back into the in, into the pop-up life and, and that kind of made things difficult for us again. Literally, we've been doing pop-ups for the last six or seven months since we have been over here at, at our brick and mortar location and we're just making it work until the, the brick and mortar opens up. So, so why can't you have a, uh, the food truck here and I, I don't understand at all any of these rules. So, yeah. yeah. So they don't want a food truck on the grass. So we had it parked on the patio and the city really didn't want it on the grass or anything like that. And so it, it was just taking up space and with contractors constantly coming in and out, there's not a good place to park it over here, given the, the area that we're in for this location. So it was a logistical problem more than yeah okay because we, we've just we've seen a lot of city codes that make no sense and stuff like that but this seems more like just a pure to get this place this, built and open yeah you had to do things a certain way we, we did arlington is very specific in terms of their building and health codes uh, as it pertains to the state building and health codes so they kind of have their own rule book in terms of what you can and can't do so we're we're doing our best to abide by those 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's always a, a tricky thing to navigate for, for any place open, you know, anyone opening in any city of any substance. Yeah, Smaller towns. Rules been, before you start. Oh, absolutely. Is huge too. It's, and it's very hard to yeah. because there's so many things. <laughs> Sometimes that, they change. They yeah. change. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many things that, that can go wrong or can go sideways with that. But absolutely. It, it seems like you guys are, are pushing through that and you're, you're getting closer and closer. This place is should be open hopefully pretty soon. Um, yeah. And we're excited for you and for that. One thing that you brought up a couple of times that, that I really wanted to highlight because it's something that I don't know that the Dallas-Fort Worth-Arlington area gets enough credit for is you hear about the camaraderie of the barbecue scene in Austin. You hear about it in Houston. I don't hear about it as much outside of this. You know, we don't live in the city in this area. But we've talked to so many people. Well, when we talked to Todd David. Yes, and and we, between Todd David, when we've gone to Panther City, Dane, you know, we've talked to a lot of guys now. And, and it's something that... I think needs to have a little more attention on it. You guys really do learn together, grow together, help each other out. And I think that's a really cool thing. And it's something that I just don't know that is as known outside of this scene as it should be. I would almost argue that the camaraderie in the barbecue scene is more prevalent in North Texas than it is anywhere else in the state of Texas. I really would argue that because just from my personal experience, all the guys that are successful up here and even the ones that are still on the come up all work together and it's not like a competition there's no uh ill feelings towards one another it's like hey let's make this whole movement really work together and i mean i had brendan lamb helping me on the cutting boards the last two or three weekends in a row and i've been out to his place you know dane's worked with me quite a bit he obviously showed me how to make sausage the guys from Panther City have been a huge influence on us because they've had a lot of experience in growing their their business from you know a, a trailer to a brick and mortar and um, even like uh, Derek Allen and Derek Walker from Smokeaholics those guys have all been really successful in their own right and there's just a huge barbecue camaraderie up here that I think is kind of unspoken and a lot of people don't know about because um, I think the North Texas barbecue scene is about to explode and uh, a lot of people just don't really know about it. I mean, there's so much great food up here. Yeah, uh, I think the awareness is starting. It's starting to change. I mean, we're, we're starting to hear and see more, but but you're right. I mean, the focus for so long has been on Austin and then recently Houston as well. Yeah. And I think the, over the next year to two, you're going to start to hear more and more about what's going on up here, as especially as... as Places start to transition from pop-up to trailer to brick and mortar, sure. and and the availability to to eat at these places is going to grow as well. Because I mean that's I mean it's honestly the difficulty that we've had is we try to get up here as often as we can, but we still only have a day to a day and a half to try to get to all these places, and so it's taken us much longer to get to a lot of places, including here, than we would have liked to. You it's know. a big metroplex. Yes, <laughs> so, oh, and the, yeah, the, the being the spread out and the scale yes, of it, it, yes, it, it's been difficult yes. for us. I mean, I mean, these are first world problems, but it, I mean, it, it has it has been extremely difficult to try to get to all these places and there's so many places that we still haven't been to. I still haven't eaten Trevor's food and that's that sucks. Yeah. You know, I, I want to eat his food. His food looks amazing, you know. And so as as the scene starts to grow and as these options become more readily available, it's going to be great for the fat kids like us to come up here and, and pig out and, and get to taste the differences. And that's another thing I like about this scene is the differences in places and how yeah. you can get different experiences, different places from a menu standpoint, from an experience standpoint. Um, we're standing in the kitchen that is almost completed for this brick and mortar that's opening. 
tell us a little bit about this space, how, how it came to be for uh, to be the future home of Hurtado Barbecue. So I didn't know this until recently, but this building was built in the year 1900. Wow. It's 120 years old. So you're right across on the railroad tracks. You're probably going to have a ghost. Um. <laughs> I will literally put them to work. <laughs> no kidding. There's a lot of work to and there, do. There's around. something about barbecue joints next to railroad tracks. Yeah. Because, of course, yeah. in history, that's where the businesses were. Yeah, I mean, right Louis Miller famously is, yeah. is next to a railroad and track. Tejas and Corkscrew. And Corkscrew both yeah. next to railroad tracks as well. Yeah. So this building was you know, built 120 years ago. I think it started out as a retail store. It became an ice house afterwards. And... And a true ice house in the old days when they sold ice. Yeah, yeah. they literally sold ice. And then for a short time after that, it was a, a local dive bar. and uh, The other kind of ice house. Yeah. <laughs> for the last few years, it's been a storage facility. And now it's going to be a craft barbecue restaurant. So a lot of history here. Never been a barbecue restaurant, quote unquote. But um, I think a lot of history just in the city of Arlington in general. I was going to say, this is a, this little, is there a name for this particular area of Arlington? Yeah, so this whole street is called Front Street, and the development here is called Urban Union. And that's who contacted us to come out here and, and build this restaurant. Um, Dodson Companies, you know, is developing Urban Union. We have a local craft brewery called Legal Draft, a lot of restaurants, axe throwing facility. Just a really cool, new, hip entertainment district in downtown Arlington that was missing for the last 15 to 20 years that complements having AT&T Stadium and the new I say you're just field. a th stone's throw from the stadium. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of the roads was uh, Six Flags Way or something yeah, like that. We can't right talk here. too much about the stadium. Yeah, I know. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to either, but yeah. We just can't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Yeah, let's not go down that road. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, this is a, a very interesting uh, you know, area of town. Looks like it's definitely coming up. What do you plan on as you move from, you know, obviously pop-up trailer, pop-up brick and mortar? It, what will change uh, anything on the menu or anything on, on what you guys are doing? So the goal is to kind of get into our new digs and figure out the workflow of everything, how we can efficiently move people through without them waiting a whole long time and then on the weekends thank you for thinking about that yeah absolutely i mean i my number one issue with what we do now is people having to wait in line i hate it so we have a, a service line we have two new registers that are going to be uh, at the end of the service line and hopefully a couple new cutters so i know that's one thing that you've struggled to uh, to to loosen the reins on i know you're you're very you want because of the marketing background. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's part of it. You you want those plates to look beautiful. Yeah. You're gonna have to let someone else cut. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, people are gonna take pictures of their food. You know, they're they're gonna compliment you not just on taste but on presentation. Every every yeah. picture and every plate is an advertisement for your restaurant. Absolutely. So um, that we're working really diligently on and trying to get that to a point where we're all happy. But. Um, I think the the biggest thing here is just having a workflow where we can efficiently move people through and have dine-in and to-go customers um, where we can push them through in a way that, you know, they're not having to wait an hour long for barbecue. So what can people expect to be on like a regular Hurtado barbecue menu? So we have our, our mainstays where we have brisket, beef ribs that are soon to be only available on the weekends. Uh, we're going to have 
all of our handmade sausages, which are going to vary from time to time. But our main one is our poblano cheddar sausage. Um, we also have smoked turkey breast and smoked quail, which I think really differentiates us from a lot of the other places in, in the DFW market, at least. And then um, we're looking to, once we get in our new digs for a couple of weeks, opening up for brunch on Sundays and having like brisket migas, breakfast tacos, <laughs> things like that. I'm kind of drooling already. Yeah. yeah. And, and also appreciate, as a consumer, we appreciate uh, you know optional hours that... Um, you know, not all of us can get here at lunchtime, and especially, you know, as we talked about with the Dallas-Fort Worth scene blowing up, you know, there's very few people like us to do this, but if we plan on a barbecue run, we can have, you know, brunch somewhere and lunch somewhere else, and, and that helps us, but hopefully it helps your business as well, too. Yeah. We're so yeah. fat. Like, <laughs> most people don't think like that. Yeah, no, we're already planning I'm glad I can out. have brunch and lunch. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'm glad now I can have more than five lunches. I can have... Five lunches and brunch. <laughs> One of the guys that I'm good friends with, he owns Meet You Anywhere Barbecue. Mm -hmm. And they have Trophy Club, Trophy Club location. They have a location in Grapevine. And a large portion of the revenue comes from breakfast tacos. And the fact that people can go somewhere at 6 in the morning and get good barbecue mixed with a really good Tex-Mex uh, breakfast tacos is, like, incredible to me. So I want to bring that to Arlington and have that you know same accommodation to people here locally we have a, a lot of blue collar workers that just want to come get something good before they go into the office for work so and the, the the to win the office you bring in a bag of nice quality breakfast tacos brick. absolutely yeah. that is that is uh I, I can tell you on on the giving and the receiving end there's nobody that's better looked at at the office than the guy that walks in with a bag of fresh brisket Correct. tacos i um, mean and and the dfw area is obviously um, home to a 24-hour barbecue joint, um, so uh, it, it's nice having those alternative hours too. Sure. Yeah, I mean it, this is a growing scene, and you've been a really welcome addition to the scene, and you're someone that we've been hearing so much about for so long, and we're really excited to see what the future holds for you. We recommend everybody get out here. There's a lot to try on the menu. There's a lot of stuff on the menu that you're not going to get anywhere else, which is a really refreshing and fun thing. So it's like you could spend some time in the shops around here and, yes. and walking yeah, around. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. the great thing is it's it's right in the hub of an area where you can do a lot of different things before and after you go and eat your meal. So make a day out of it. Spend a day in Arlington. You can you can go to Six Flags. You can drive by that big building that that houses some sporting things, um, and there's some other stuff you can do here too. But uh, but no, we're we're really excited for for the future of what you're uh, what you're building here. Thank what, you. What's the best way for everyone to contact you, social media wise? Yeah. So if you want to get a hold of us, just go to hurtadobbq.com. That's H-U-R-T-A-D-O-B-B-Q.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Any kind of social media, we're pretty uh, efficient on. So if you uh, have any questions or you want to find us, you can pretty much find us online. All right. Well, we appreciate it, and we will talk with everyone next time. Excellent. Check out Hurtado Barbecue.